Good evening, folks. Good evening to you, Dylan DeChair. This is the Drop Zone. It's great to see your face. I know you had a, a lot of FaceTime with your parents this weekend. I also had a lot of FaceTime with my parents this weekend. Not to mention some FaceTime with each other, Sean. We kind of got to spend some time together this past week, which was enjoyable. Special time. Yeah, I suppose you could probably update the folks on uh, why we saw each other. Uh, well, we we did battle in U.S. Open qualifying. You were on the bag. It didn't go well. I left it actually really thrilled. I was going to say it could have gone worse. I went in not feeling good about my game. Uh, I shot 77 on a, I guess, fairly difficult Gold Mountain golf course. And that included just kind of barfing through the final four yeah. holes with three bogeys. Yeah. It's a good word for it. And 71 got through. So actually, you know, if you want to talk about, if you want to open the door on the what if situations, if those three, if those last three bogeys had just or been birdies, birdies. Yeah. Then, uh, you know, we would be headed to wherever the next stage is. I've blacked it out of my mind. Are you going to Gold Mountain next year? Uh, I would I would gladly go to Gold Mountain next year. This was not a, you know, it was sort of what middle of the pack, finished about thirtieth out of about yep. eighty. So not humiliating, but you know, certainly I was the only I was the only person in the field whose caddy has a clothing sponsor. So you want That's to kind right. of you will probably want to rep a little bit better. Yeah. Well, Gold Mountain is a Seattle Muni, one of my. No, got to be one of my favorite munis, I guess, in the country. Um, you know what else is in Seattle, Dylan? Well, first, Sean, I would just say that actually Gold Mountain is in Bremerton, but I see where you're going with this because there is the the finest golf apparel brand in all the land is actually based in Seattle, Washington, and that is Radmore Golf. What should the people know about Radmore? They should know that the pants are amazing, and I got my Radmore pants very muddy a week ago like mm. m if they were other pants if they were normal khakis mud to the point that you would throw these pants away you might have left them at gold mountain no this was in chicago oh. but I, I i would have i would have thrown these pants away but they're radmore pants and i know that they are much better than that and i went home and i washed them and now they are clean again and i think that speaks to whatever the heck radmore's got going on with these pants the microfibers we've told you all about it over the course of the past few months these are these are just really good pants <laughs> yeah, they're good pants that's it's one of the joys of cotton Sean. wash as well um so head to radmoregolf.com you see some podcasts out there dishing out you know 10% discounts we've got a 25% discount here it's a quarter out of every dollar you're spending at radmoregolf.com. I wonder if we could get them to, to boost it up to 30 now that we're both 30. 30 for 30 situation. Maybe. So check out radmorgolf.com. Enter code DROPZONE for 25% off. That's DROPZONE, one word. Go get some gear. Speaking of gear, I also snapped a driver during that round in oh, Chicago. Geez. It was a brutal day. My pants got muddy. And well, unfortunately, unlike Rad, cannot put a shaft back together. But I will be looking for drivers at Global Golf because, Dylan, Global Golf has one letter on its mind right now. Do you know what that letter is? I do. That letter is you, Sean. The letter is you, you and me and all of yes. you. 
<laughs> Global Golf's various services are you try, you trade in, and you select. And they're all about getting people into the right golf clubs for them. The buddy who I was playing golf with asked me, hey, like, what about that Global Golf site? Should I check it out? I'm like, yeah, dude, you're a Drop Zone listener. You need to. So let's talk about their services. You try is one of them. It's about you trying brand new gear for two weeks. It's a little demo. If you like it, you keep it. If you don't like it, you send it back. You try something else. You trade in. It allows you to trade in your previously owned gear for credit towards the newest and best. That actually might be what I look into because I've got like an extra club that I don't use. Trade it in. Maybe I'll buy a driver that way. And finally, you select is about personalized recommendations from golf pros to help you select the best gear for your game. So it is you try, you trade in, you select. It's all about you, the golfer, at globalgolf.com. That's where you need to check it out. To support this podcast, Dylan, who won today? Let's talk about John Rahm. Here's where you have to know how to drop your golf ball. Sure speeds up play when you have those drop areas. Fowler has dropped the ball twice. The Shambo is going to get a free drop. Something bad has happened if we end up here. This is the drop zone. John Rahm is the champion on the PGA Tour. Marina Alex is the champion on the LPGA Tour. This is this was a, a real weekend for uh, for PGA Tour diehards, I would say, huh? Well, I think it was great because we went to a new golf course. We got a great winner. Yeah. We had Martin Trainer on the leaderboard. Mm-hmm. We had Tony Finau run up the leaderboard. We had a bunch of people trying to get a tour win, like in this in-between zone where we feel like we have to That's care. That's what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> got to care about the PGA Tour oh, yeah. between the Masters and the PGA. A lot of guys playing their way from outside to inside, like the top 25 in the FedEx Cup. So if you're, you know... This was a great week for that sort of thing. Um, fun to be at a new course, which, you know, sneaky good. But, uh, but yeah, Sean, what was your, I mean, I guess we got to start at the top, right? Um, I really, I needed this, I guess, from John Rahm. No, I, did, I didn't need it myself personally, but I think we needed to see something from the guy. He has had a weird year thus far. He really had... Felt like he was coming back when he when he nearly won in Hawaii to, against Cameron Smith. It felt like he was coming back for blood a little bit after he was not the player of the year last year. Had that taken away from him, kind of had a uh, a victory taken away from him at the Memorial, and you know you could argue again at the Tour Championship. And so I felt like this was going to be the reckoning for John Rahm this year. And then his putter went cold, and he switched putters, and he was really really struggling with his putting the likes of which we had never really seen him struggle before. So, you know, he wasn't perfect with his putter this week, but he finished in the top 30, I believe, with the putter. Uh, that's really a good sign. This guy is, for me, for my money, he's the best player in the world. And I don't think that he had struggled long enough to have that taken away from him. Now, Scotty Scheffler took the title by winning a bunch of events, Uh, on an all-world heater but like if you're drafting your fantasy team of golfers for the next 10 years are you taking scotty scheffler are you taking john rom yeah i mean well look 10 years seems like a a confusing (laughs) timeline but even like one year i mean if you're projecting forward and you're looking at the best golfers john rom still i believe has to be at the top of your list i mean that's not to discredit anything that scotty scheffler has done because scheffler you know 
he took the ball, he validated it. You know, he 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 won and he won and he won. Yeah. So let's not take anything away from him, but just to say that John Rahm was the title belt holder, and after a, just a little blip where he wasn't playing horribly, no. you know, he just was not contending to win yeah. for the most part. Um, he reminded us who he yeah, is. I just and it's crazy that he had not won since what the U.S. Yeah, Open. I just think that. It's a little affirming for me because this is who I this is what I believe. Mm-hmm. Like there are people who are Dustin Johnson stands and there are people who are Rory McIlroy stands. Everyone who thinks like when these guys are at their best, um, they believe in a certain guy. And a lot of people believe in Spieth and Justin Thomas and Colin Morikawa. But for me, the guy is Rom. And I think it's gonna be Rom for like a couple more years. And this is not recency bias. We shouted it on this podcast all last year. So it's a little yeah. affirming for me to to hold those beliefs and continue to, you know, draft him first everywhere to always put him top of mind. I like his chances to win the next tournament, wherever the next tournament is, all over the world every single week. Yeah. So uh, that's that's kind of how Rom sits. Let's talk about how it went down a little bit this week because I mean Rom came in as I mean one of the lowest numbers in terms of uh, in terms of favorites that we've seen in a while almost like a Tiger-esque number. I think he was plus 450 coming into the week. I mean, you, you <laughs> never see that. That obviously speaks to uh, a bit of a lack of strength of field, but also to, you know, where the where the books still see John Rahm in terms of, you know, his skill. And then he comes out and shoots 64 on day one, backs that up with 66 on day two, shoots four rounds in the 60s. I mean, he only won by one shot, but it felt like... <laughs> He, you know, my man was in command of the ball, right? Only one by one shot. Well, look, he's one shot away from a four four guy playoff. That's sure, what I'm saying. yeah, I'm not gonna like he never gave up the no. ball. If he's playing, if he's playing one on one here, it was never your yeah. ball. Uh, I think I appreciate that. You know, Nolang up tweeted about it this morning. I know Chris is basically just like, look, he's got a two shot lead. And he's one of the best players in the world and is unquestionably the best player in the field. And Vegas is saying these exact things. So if you are as good as you are, generational talent, future World Golf Hall of Famer, surely, you go out, you go out and get this one done. You get it done. Whatever you got to do, you don't have a bogey that derails you on the back nine today. You birdie the par fives and you get it done. And yeah, he did get it done. He he almost didn't, right? Like you said, he wins by one and he didn't play the 18th hole in the cleanest way, but he did get it done. Whatever it takes to get it done, <laughs> he did it. So yeah, I, I keep going back to like, it was affirming for what we believe in him and his strengths to be. He did get it done. Not everyone always does. Big week off the tee for John Rahm. I mean, this definitely ended up setting up as a bomber's course um, where you could really make up a ton of ground by, you know, kind of balling out off the tee. John Rahm gained almost six shots just off the tee. It was second in the field. Uh, He led the field in driving distance. Love to see that. Love to see Rahm kind of unleashing some of that aggression. Uh, He's a guy that flights the ball pretty well. So when there's potential role to be had, Rom is kind of your guy. He did everything else fine. Like you said, 18th in putting, uh, 22nd around the green, 30th in strokes gained approach. But honestly, just a dominant driving performance uh, from Rom. 
I got a question for you. Would you rather have him win this event against, like you said, a lesser field mm-hmm. at a newer course, uh, late April, early May, or would you have rather have him win the Waste Management Phoenix Open? Mm-hmm. Honestly, this is going to sound weird, but there's something really, uh, I guess, affirming is the word you already used, but that comes back to me here about Rom coming into a tournament that he's supposed to win. And then yeah. winning it anyway. Because a course that no one knows, right? A course He's that nobody knows. I mean, this is this is the thing with pro golf, right? You you have these guys, sure, yeah, it makes sense that he's the heavy favorite coming in, but it's still he's still the heavy favorite, as in he is the favorite more so than anyone else. <laughs> he's still a heavy underdog to actually win the thing. Um, you know, it's still far more likely that any of the other golfers in the field is going to win this tournament. Mm-hmm. I mean, and that may be true even if you put, you know, say you put uh, Jordan Spieth in a Corn Ferry Tour event. He's probably not going to win. He's probably <laughs> going to contend. Yeah. But it's not that likely when you have this many good golfers that he's going to win. So something about the fact that Rom just went out and was supposed to win and everyone, you know, was saying, look, I, I kind of still like Rom here. And then he wins anyway. Yeah, that's a really, really promising sign to me. The reason I I brought that up is because I think like it's great to win in the middle of April rather than the beginning of February. It's it's mm-hmm. great to win two weeks prior to the PGA Championship than it is to win on Super Bowl Sunday. Now Scotty Scheffler's proven it's pretty good to win on Super Bowl Sunday too. But like, if you ask Rom, he, I think he'd rather win right now. I think you'd rather see him driving the ball perfectly on any golf course. Doesn't matter if it's a bombers course or otherwise. Right before the PGA Championship, when you're going to have to drive it really well, and it's probably going to be pretty baked out and hot at uh, Southern Hills and Brookline a month after that. Well, you'll need to drive it extremely well there, and so. That's why I think Rom would rather win now than win at Tory. You know, he'll take wins anywhere he can get them, but who cares about the field if you're just playing great golf? You're playing great golf. Also, nice to get a couple more wins ahead of Scotty Scheffler in the old career book. Starting to get a little <laughs> sneaky close with Scheffler having what four wins in a major. Rom only had six. Now he's got seven or eight, depending on who you ask. That's what he said. What does that mean? Is that a Hero World Challenge reference? No, I think <laughs> I think he's talking about just the memorial. memorial. Uh, maybe talking about like winning the the gross championship or net championship at a tour championship. I think he's. I think he was making a hero world challenge reference. We'll give him a little. Oh, or a tour champion. I mean, God, yeah. the number of asterisk victories on the PGA Tour these days is troubling to say the least. Alarming, <laughs> extremely alarming. Um, Sean, let's talk about some some almost winners here. Tony Finau, mm-hmm. finally, Sean. When we when we saw Tony Finau win last year, it was supposed to open the floodgates, was it not? Yeah, I think it actually closed the floodgates. And instead, you know, the opposite happened. I mean, we've 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 touched on this before in this podcast, but uh, Tony Finau won, and then he essentially disappeared from contention for the next six plus months we have not seen a lot of tony finau he was well outside the top 150 in the fedex cup but phew i mean a sigh of relief for finau nation when i say he was outside the top 50 in the in the fedex cup i mean he was a 149th actually entering this week in the fedex yeah. cup 
Yeah, I mean, a, a somewhat sigh of relief. I mean, 66-63 on the weekend. Sure. That is great. Nice. You know what? And that's exactly nice to get in the mix. That's what it that's what it sometimes takes for these guys to get a win like off in the distance. You have to have like a good weekend ahead mm. of it. I mean, Scotty Scheffler barely made the cut at the Phoenix Open. He has an amazing weekend, wins the event, and then he's off to the races. Um I I'd like to see a little bit more than like one really good round and one really good weekend yeah. to say that Finau is out of the woods. Um but he damn near won the golf tournament. So like, yeah, if you come that close, it's, it's a great sign. Here's what's, here's what's reassuring to me. Tony Finau second in the field strokes gained approaching the green mm. and then fifth in the field strokes gained around the green. Those are two numbers that if he's playing, if, if those numbers are good, it's probably going to be good. We got to get the, the guy driving the ball a little bit better though. I know. I asked him a couple months ago, like, what's going on with the driver, man? Yeah. And he basically was like, I think the driver's fine. I'm like, well, stats don't exactly agree with you. So I don't know. Yeah. Long story short, I mean, yes. Was this a was this a major championship victory? Was it a PGA Tour victory? No. But T2 for Tony Finau is as good as we've seen in a long time. Um, that's That's a good sign. I was thrilled looking at this leaderboard, mainly because there's a handful of dudes who follow me on Instagram. <laughs> wow. This That's, is a great new metric for the drop zone. Brandon Do you Wu, want to call them out? Brandon they, Wu follows me on Instagram. <laughs> He's probably not a listener, but this is the best finish of Brandon Wu's career. And he followed me back on Instagram, I believe, during the 2019 U.S. Open, U.S. Amateur at Pinehurst. Uh, uh, there you go. And I like how you put those kind of side by side. Brandon Wu, two fun facts: best finish of his career. One followed you on Instagram four yep. years ago. Now go down the leaderboard. Another of the few PGA Tour players who follows me on Instagram, Patrick Rogers. Wow, that guy is starving for his first professional victory. Uh, everyone likes to point out that he won as many times at Stanford as Tiger Woods did. Mm -hmm. He has not won nearly as many times as Tiger Woods has on the PGA Tour, um, 82 times fewer. But I, uh, well, I like who he is, and I like that his game is rounding into like I can become a world beater type of form. Maybe Patrick not world Rogers beater, is but. playing three good rounds in golf tournaments right now. That's how that's how it feels. Uh, it feels yes. like he is. I don't know what he's knocking on the door of, but he is knocking on the door of playing a slightly higher level of golf than he is currently playing. And so, you know, that meant today what that looked like is he started in fourth place. He finished in 10th place. Uh, still encouraging, but, yes. you know, not where he still wants to be. But certainly he's going to be on the PGA Tour next year, which is yes. in question. And then, you know, just one spot down, T11, another guy who choo follows choo! on instagram martin trainer seven deep today flying up the leaderboard probably the biggest friend of the show we like to say that people are friends of the show it's probably martin trainer one and xander shoffley too um but a huge day for martin what, 64 what this podcast is gonna start running into is conflicts of interest if the guy <laughs> keeps playing this well look it's easy for us to you know root for Martin Trainer unabashedly 
when the guy is missing cuts every week, <laughs> you know, when he's peaking at T43. But we're now talking about a guy with two top 11 finishes in his last four starts. A guy who's pushing the top 400 in the world rankings. And uh, a guy that's now in the top, who, who jumped up to number 120 in the FedEx Cup. Sean, this could be playoff bound Martin Trainer before long if we're not careful. I would love nothing more. Um, you have to go a little bit further down the leaderboard to find, I think, my last connection on Instagram. Oh, no. Joseph Bramlett missed the cut. That's tough. But uh, Pat Perez, 66th. He does not follow me on Instagram, but he blocked me on Instagram. <laughs> a number of years ago for no good reason. Uh, I took my father to the Bay Hill Invitational, the Arnold Palmer Bay Hill Invitational in uh, whatever year Frankie Molinari won, 2019. And my dad, we went out to the sixth hole, you know, the famous hole that Bryson hit over the lake. And Pat Perez had hit his drive out to the right into the rough which is like a bad, really bad place to leave your drive. You're further away from the hole. You can't go for it in two. You're from the rough, but you actually have quite a long way to go. So you want to set yourself up with a really good layup wedge. And um, Perez, you know, he's a fiery dude, definitely cusses here and there. And he, he, he hits this layup shot, probably like a six iron or something. My dad was recording the entire time with his video, uh, with his phone. And Pat Perez, like, cusses at himself three or four different times walks off and this was like my dad's like this is like the third or fourth like golf shot at, on the pga tour that he's ever seen and so my dad was so thrilled he he videotaped it obviously the entire time brought it home was telling everybody about it and i just have this great photo of my dad you know with his hands out taking the video and then like up frame is pat perez like posing over a, a pretty bad layup shot in which he ends up cussing at himself. And it was just like the perfect little visual of like how you can kind of make someone like these PGA tour players can make someone's day just by kind of being themselves um, and being very authentic. And Pat Perez was being himself. But then I, I tagged, I, I made a post of this photo on Instagram and I tagged Pat Perez. And I think the caption was something like Troy Zox saw his first Pat Perez cuss storm and like a day later, Pat Perez had blocked me. <laughs> wow. I wonder how many people he's blocked on Instagram. Yeah. I mean, if that's all yeah. it takes, um, there's gotta be a lot of people, but you know, I, I mean, you, it's not like you were being, uh, insulting. I was reporting yeah. the truth. That's interesting. Is anyone else block you on Instagram? Any of these, any of these other PGA tour players or Twitter? No, I, I don't think so. And I, well, John Daly's blocked me yeah. on Twitter. That was a long time ago. He's blocked a lot of people. Um, gosh, is anyone else? Yeah, can you still me? see P Reed's tweets? Yeah. Oh. Yep. Well, me and me and Patrick get along just fine. He gave me a well, ride. Well, look, to uh, the, uh, Patrick and I get along pretty well too, Sean, but that does not mean I can see his action on Twitter. Anyone else that you were excited to see on this leaderboard besides your social media following? Steven Yeager finishes T15. That guy was like the pride and joy of the Corn Ferry Tour last year and has done nothing this year. And so mm. I'd like to see him play better golf. Besides that, not really. <laughs> Fair enough. Kurt Kitayama, big week, uh, has sneaky been a bit of a trick-or-treat guy himself. Finished third at the Honda Classic, second this week. 
uh, nothing else. I don't believe in the top 25 in his PGA tour career. So pretty cool for him. Um, and yeah, of course, you know, Martin trainer, man, just as I was mentioning, maybe the, maybe the poor man's Victor Hovland just shows up when the action leaves the mainland United States, uh, goes to a resort. You know, there was, there was a, there was a boat commute this week. And, uh, I think that definitely probably played in his favor. I don't think that that got enough pub. I think that that deserved to get a lot more pub. Martin texted us at the beginning of the week saying, I am on a pontoon right now headed to the golf course with my golf clubs. The photo had his tour staff bag riding on this pontoon. And then I saw, Mm -hmm. you know, another caddy, a tour caddy doing the same exact commute. And not only did he have the pontoon commute, but he also had to ride like a gondola from the resort over to the pontoon. And, I just, I don't think that that got enough press that you had like multiple legs. The PGA Tour sent around an internal memo to players playing in this event saying, hey guys, the commute's a little wacky this week. Make sure that you give yourself a lot of time because this pontoon ride is going to take 20 to 30 minutes. You know, a gondola ride is probably going to take 15 to 20 minutes. We don't want to hear anybody complaining because they've missed their tea time or they don't have enough warm up time. I think that's incredible that the PGA Tour had to send a memo around to players saying, be on time, guys. When you say it did not get enough press, I would say if only you had access to publish on the the largest golf media company in the world. Yeah. If only, Sean. Well, I ran out of time. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Maybe Maybe next year, Mexico Open. Uh, anyway, pretty nice stop. I would say if, if we're going to, if we're going to have 50 PGA tour events a year, uh, you know, this one wasn't half bad. Sean over on the LPGA second consecutive week in Southern California. I do like when the PGA tour finishes early. Yes. LPGA is there as a nightcap or vice versa when they are not competing for eyeballs in the golf world at the same exact time on the same exact day uh, that has to be mutually beneficial for everyone. Yes. Marina Alex notched the victory at Palos Verdes. Um, it was like a, a trio of Aussies on the leaderboard going into Sunday. Um, Hannah Green, Lydia Ko, uh, Minji Lee, but then they all pretty much stalled out. Lydia Ko had to hole out for Eagle on 18 and to, to force a playoff and actually came pretty close um what do you make of the action at palos verdes well like you said it is great when the lpga tour is in california the pga tour is not on the west coast uh and so you can i just i would like to see actually more of this i don't know if it's possible um i know that schedules change every single year host courses change every single year but it would be better at uh at certain points, if we could just have pockets where the LPGA tour gets all of our attention. Um, I don't know if it's a plausible scenario. Maybe it happens when the PGA tour season kind of comes to an end in August and the LPGA tour is still going, but, um, yeah, I think, I think I was explaining earlier. I, I kind of, I kind of miss the rivalry of, of Jin Young Ko and Nelly. You know, mm-hmm. I think we didn't know how good we had it last year. And this is not nothing. This is unfortunately nothing about Marina Alex, but like this is the 10th winner that we've seen on the LPGA tour this year. No one has won twice. 
which obviously you cannot say for the PGA Tour. Scotty Scheffler is off and running on his player of the year campaign. He's going to win player of the year. Cameron Smith has won a couple times. It's been, I think, a little bit it has felt like people have made statements on the PGA tour and the LPGA tour is like still kind of just getting going right now. Like, mm-hmm. I think in the wake of Nellie Corda having her health issues, there is room for someone to make a splash right now. Will it be Marina Alex? I don't know, but it really could have been Lydia Ko's time, right? She's the number three player in the world. We kind of thought, that Jin Young Ko and, and Nelly would be like one and two, maybe for a while still. They mm-hmm. might duke it out again this year. That's obviously not happening. Jin Young Ko had her hot streak. She's slowed down a little bit in recent recent weeks. But uh, I really kind of thought this would have been a, a Lydia Ko moment. And it really almost was. Huge wasn't. day for Jin Young Ko, though, to be honest. Because coming off last week, I feel like there was potential for some scar tissue to build. Uh, she made a pretty dramatic what was it, eight on a par three, I think. Mm-hmm. No real signs of lasting damage. She shot 66 on Sunday, finished solo second. Um, but, oh, man, I mean, you talk about good for the game. If there was a kind of a, a trio battle between uh, Nelly Korda, Jin Young Ko, and Lydia Ko, I think everyone would sign up for that. Um, are we are we wrong for, like, needing that? No, I mean, I, I think that we, I think we would like to see that in the men's game and the women's game, I think that having, I think having the, some of the same faces regularly contending is huge. So you can kind of get to know the contenders and, and, yeah. and so that it all means something so that you can contextualize it. So you can make sense of it. I also really thought this was going to be the year of Yuka Sasso. I really did. I think she's phenomenal. She started out the season with a couple of really good results in January, but she has not had a top 10 since January, mm-hmm. that's not great for yeah, someone who's she missed a cut by a team. couple this week. Yeah, um, I know. I know you're a big fan of Yuka Sasso, the golf swing, the whole vibe. But I mean, shout out to Marina Alex, 31 years old. She's from New Jersey. She's been battling a herniated disc in her lower back. Uh, she was pretty great talking about the win afterwards, putting it in context, saying, you know, look, she wasn't sure this was ever going to happen again. Yeah, um, she said, look, it's it's been tough. We're all getting older. I'm getting older. <laughs> this might be hitting a little too hard, Sean, after you turned 30 last week. She's only 31. Uh, but she said, look, there are just so many amazing players out here. The competition is really, really difficult. Um, so I just didn't know if my mind and body were going to put me back in a position that I was going to be able to do it again. Today was the day. Today was the day. Shout out to Marina Alex and her very cool shades. She's wearing some cool glasses post round as she was kind of like waiting for the final results to roll in. Were they her typical glasses? Yeah, they were, but they were just getting a lot of kind of like front and center uh, <laughs> time because it it's kind of funny. It's like these moments where you don't think you're mic'd up and she was talking mm. about, oh yeah, she really had to go to the bathroom the last couple holes. And then she was <laughs> talking about like, I think that her favorite brand uh, or favorite style of Lululemon pants. Uh, though maybe she should check out Radmore. Uh, but yeah, no, I mean, pretty awesome victory. Nice little stretch for the LPGA. I feel like we're, we're now going to start to get into the full swing of things on the LPGA tour. And then once we get to the PGA championship, I'm really going to feel in the full swing of things on the PGA tour as well 
Fair? Yeah, no doubt. Sean, let's talk about rumors and surveillance and helicopters and Tiger Woods, what it all means. You're already shaking your head, which means I'm not sure you have that much to say about Tiger Woods going to Southern Hills, or maybe it means you've got some spicy takes you want to unleash about on the subject. The fact that a helicopter got off the ground with its sole purpose for a news station to hover over Tiger Woods, this 46 going on 60-year-old man, <laughs> limp his way around a golf course. Look, it's that's that's a little bit mean in how I'm describing it, but it's incredible that that is what's happening. And I'll tell you what, that's not happening in Florida. It's not happening in New York, out on Long Island. It's not happening in California or Arizona or all these places that the PGA Tour typically goes to. But it's happening in Tulsa because it is an underappreciated golf community that's getting its major next year. And you know what? Two years ago, it wasn't planning on hosting a major. But when Trump Bedminster loses the PGA Championship and Tulsa raises its hand, Tulsa's ready to do this thing, man. Tulsa golf is being put on the map and they're putting the chopper in the skies. This is exactly why I think a week ago I said, the PGA Championship needs to lean in and go to these cities that are crazy about golf, but don't always get the PGA Tour, don't get all this action. I think it was awesome. It was uh, affirming for kind of what I believe that the the center of the country can be a little bit golf crazy and underappreciated. Uh, yeah, it sounds like T-Dub's going to play. That's my takeaway. Hell yeah. Wow, that was, that was way more positive than I was fearing. I mean, honestly, for the reasons you you just laid out this got me more excited for the pga championship we you know even the non-tiger woods related thing like these people are going to be going nuts even if he misses the cut they're going to be there in full force (laughs) on the weekend Um, it's a spectacle now man tiger is now a spectacle it's a spectacle and look i mean it got used golf facts chiming in on twitter about you know how how unfair this was that tiger was getting advice from the head pro something that i think a large number of golfers at every major championship have done since i've been aware of golf but it definitely showed us a little bit more than you know just the practice round itself uh i wrote about this a little bit last week but like this really signals that tiger is here to to play and to stay like the masters really just felt like a one-off and i couldn't shake that feeling all week that this was a special comeback moment but you know who knows what was coming next this means we can start to kind of understand tiger's plans and his schedule this means he's definitely playing the pga championship it means he's most likely going to play the u.s open i know there was some speculation that it's not really a great fit for him you know the long rough the brutal conditions whatever he's still going to play as many majors as he can uh he's going to play the jp mcmanus pro-am We'll probably try to figure out if he's playing Memorial or not. He's going to play at St. Andrews. Who knows about stuff like the FedEx Cup playoffs? You'd have to, you know, actually play pretty well even to have a chance at, at making those. Yeah. He, he probably doesn't really care. Um, we can start to piece together the future of Tiger Woods on the PGA Tour from moments like this, which is really interesting. And uh, this is also, Sean, I think the last time we probably need to send the chopper in the air for a while. 
when it comes to Tiger playing in practice. I mean, at this point, why not? Yeah. Well, it's funny. I didn't think I was going to be the the anti chopper or the the anti chopper guy in this podcast, but I, I mean, I just think now we know we know what we've been wondering, which is. Is Tiger still limping a little bit? Yes. Is he playing golf? Yes. Is he going to play the next time we think he's going to play? Yes. Um, but, you know, the mystery is a little bit gone except for, you know, how he's actually going to play once he comes back, which is hopefully, Sean, very well because this thing was never going to be that fun if he comes back and misses cuts or finishes, you know, at the bottom of the leaderboard. The first PGA Championship that I ever went to was in 2014 at Valhalla, Valhalla, mm. Kentucky, Louisville. Tiger Woods was dealing with some back issues. It was parking lot gate. The fact that Tiger's oh. SUV either showed yep. up or didn't show up every single day Many, many, many media members were taking photos of his parking space, either filled with a car or empty with no car. And he showed up, I believe, on, I believe his first round was on that Wednesday prior. It might have been the Tuesday, mm-hmm. but I think it was that Wednesday prior. And my boss just told me, just drop whatever you're doing and follow Tiger inside the ropes and tweet everything he does. Wow. <laughs> and I what I think is crazy from is your that personal we are, handle, or was this from the uh, the old brand from, account? From the brand account, and what I think is crazy is that somehow that isn't the craziest. Will he or won't he? Major decision uh, f- of Tiger's career that lines up with my career. This is now the craziest. The fact that a helicopter was in the sky. The fact that he's that we are tracking. Oh His yeah, I mean the Masters has everywhere to be crazy. It goes. The Masters is number one, but I, I guess I'm I'm of. looping it all in, into the same mm-hmm. thing. Where like yeah. this year, will he or won't he at the Masters? Will he or won't he at the PGA Championship? Will he or won't he at Brookline? We do know that he probably will play at St Andrews at the Old Course, the literal Super Bowl of golf events that happens every five years. Mm-hmm. Like it has reached a zenith that I didn't think was ever going to exist again for so many different reasons and suddenly we're back in the thick of it and it's giving us <laughs> things like the helicopter it's in, it's incredible things like uh you know the stories that the 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 director of golf and his son are going to share for years and years and years catting for the guy talking to yeah. this 46 year old going on 60 like it's 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 just truly incredible how much content and stories can come from one man. And I'm amazed that we're getting a summer full of it because, you know, three months ago, I wouldn't have bet on any of it. Yeah. So we played with Kerry Cosby, the head pro at, uh, or director of golf at Southern Hills, who kind of described how he looked, said, you know, he got a little tired at the end of the day. But look, he was hitting it plenty far. Uh, rhythm was great. He hit it straight, pitched and putted, you know, all, all good stuff essentially said he, he's going to play unless there's some surprise setback. Um, but it also sounds like, yeah, he's not suddenly made a mega leap since the Masters. Like we're probably going to still see some of the same battles with fatigue uh, and he's going to have to hit it in the fairway. That's one thing that I don't think we have to talk about right now, but while I, while we have you, <laughs> we might as well. Like, <laughs> like, like, 
don't expect Tiger Woods to play amazing golf for four rounds. Please, please, please keep your expectations low. Yeah. What he did on Thursday at Augusta National continues to amaze me. It got more amazing as the weekend went on. Don't forget the fact that he shot 78-78 on the weekend. Mm-hmm. You know, sure. I think I think after Thursday, Dylan, you probably would not have guessed that that you you probably would have thought he could have shot 78 blindfolded. Mm-hmm. Right? Like he made amazing strikes at the ball. Yeah, he he was walking around gingerly, but didn't he didn't he shoot 71, right? He still he shot under yep. par and it was like Okay, this guy this guy cannot card a worse score than 75, but he did because it takes a lot out of you. So that's just we can't lose track of Tiger Woods just because he's Tiger Woods. One final thing on Tiger. It is fascinating the way this guy has not really changed his habits. I mean, they've changed the certain things have necess- necessitated change, like his body. Uh, but he is sort of approaching this the same way he would have, you know, 20 years ago, 25 years. Like he is, he's here to do his job. There's no, uh, special awareness that the pro said that he said a text, sent a text essentially saying, yeah, we'll meet you on the first tee walked in all these members, you know, kind of cheering for him from the patio. Didn't look up, didn't acknowledge anyone <laughs> walked straight to the first tee hit his tee shot, you know, and then they were off. Of course, then there's a helicopter. There's people on the hill. There's people in the woods. Um, I mean, his level of celebrity is definitely unmatched, but just kind of fascinating the way he keeps coming back for more and then went to Tiger Jam afterwards. That was the other thing that made (laughs) me think of it. It's like this dude is still doing clinics, you know, in the lead up to Tiger Jam and then wearing some fascinating patterned shirt while playing poker in Vegas. Some things never change, Sean. With Steve Aoki. With, With Steve, Steve Aoki. Aoki. You think he, do you think he ever listens to any Aoki bangers? I don't know, but I, I was Darius Rucker not available? I assume he was there no, in some I capacity. Think Darius Rucker is perpetually available for Tiger Woods. All right. I, I mean, yeah. Maybe two available. Tiger Jam and Darius Rucker definitely go hand in hand. Um, Sean, before we go, I do want to just touch a little bit on the other rumored aging golfer uh, who was spotted in Southern California. Our sources on the ground have been reporting, you know, Phil Mickelson sightings at a couple different San Diego area golf courses, which means either the snow has, you know, kind of disappeared from the Yellowstone club for the winter, or it means this guy is starting to, to gear back into preparations for some sort of golf. What did you make of our Phil Mickelson sightings this week? Uh, he's swinging with speed <laughs> guys still ripping it. Uh, he mm-hmm. looked like he was rocking a beard, which gosh, I am. I actually need that to happen of all things. I would love Phil to come back and play the PGA. Um, he doesn't have to, I obviously would love him to play Brookline. He doesn't have to do anything, but I need him in the beard. I need yeah. Mickelson in a beard because I, it dawned on me suddenly that I've never seen him in a beard. I don't think no. he's made not even pu- a little bit. No, no, not even stubble, right? No stubble, no little scruff, no like, you know, hey, I'm the Ryder Cup assistant captain. I've kind of let things loose for the weekend. No, like he's never really grown it out for the public eye. And 
the grainy video that we have made it look like he was maybe rocking a beard. And I just think it would be so fitting if Phil Mickelson, 30 years of general goodwill, uh, you know, pretty reasonable shenanigans, some of them behind closed doors, maybe not so reasonable, but, you know, kind of makes the heel turn, right? Drafts up uh, papers (laughs) for the Saudi golf tour, faces off against the PGA tour, it's him in the ring, you know, fists up against Jay Monahan. Like this is the moment in his career where things change forever. What better visual than for Phil to put the clean-shaven version of himself in the history books and to go forward strictly with a beard that no one has ever seen before um as an agent and uh purveyor of chaos. I would love that. God, that's a great 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 take. <laughs> Thanks. It's like Tobey Maguire and Spider-Man 3 here. We have a potential moment where Phil could... I mean, he could he could either lean into the relatable, you know, dad beard, or it could just be a full heel, heel turn beard. Either mm-hmm. way, it's going to be fascinating the next chapter of Phil Mickelson. I think there is really a world where he does not play the PGA... And where we have seen the last of Phil Mickelson on the PGA Tour. I think that that world is in play. Why wouldn't he play the PGA Championship? I don't know. But <laughs> there have just been, just heard a couple whispers that that, that that may not be the case. Definitely not confirmed. Um, I th- I'm not sure that he himself knows yet. Yeah. Um, but there's one world where there there is a suspension we don't know about from the PGA Tour, um, and the PGA Championship would honor that. Uh, and they have they've kind of said they and, and the USGA I think have sort of hinted uh, that they would potentially honor as they always have like a, a PGA Tour suspension. So there could be something like that. There could be uh, the well. Hold on. Hold on. Okay. Hold on. If he's signed up and the PGA Championship said he's signed up, isn't that a an early fault line in that theory? I think it's a fault line, but I think that there's still a potential middle ground where Phil had sort of self-imposed sanctions, so the PGA Tour hadn't had to suspend him. But now, if he tries to come back and play, they might say, "No, we're all set," and then the PGA Championship would have to respond. And Phil may not want to even want to even put them in that position. I don't know. I mean, look, it's it's a bit of a guessing game. Door number two would be that he wants to just build as much hype as possible for his appearance in uh, in London. the Live Golf. Yeah, Live London. The uh, this is the very fun part of some episodes where we get into some touchy topics, deep and hypotheticals, deep hypotheticals, and our viewers, listeners. They get to wonder, are Sean and Dylan like talking about something that might be true or are they completely hypothetical based? Like you obviously have talked to a couple people down in San Diego or in in Southern California, maybe just one, maybe a couple, like you're not completely off base with with what you're saying, but you don't know how much merit there is to it. This is how like circles of rumors spread on the PGA Tour and I just, I really appreciate that our viewers have to 
decipher <laughs> between them like hmm. you're on the you're on the road with us that's what i would say to our <laughs> listeners here you're yeah look th- there this is a trusting relationship we'll tell you guys what we're thinking about i hope you do the same you know my my dms are open yeah same here i'm gonna be at the live golf london event are you i'm planning on it Interesting. Why are you going to be there, Sean? Have you talked about that at all? I am going only because it is the first event of a rival golf tour taking on the PGA Tour. It's significant, no doubt about it. There will be news made that week, whether it is a gigantic shit show, whether it is a success. I don't know how I would essentially deem it a success. Mm-hmm. Louis Louis Oosthuizen will be playing that the week before the U.S. Open. He wasn't doing that a week a year ago when he almost won at Torrey Pines. Like it is a it is an opportunity for news for news to be made for something in golf history to happen. And mm-hmm. again, I want to be clear: will either be a success, an absolute shit show, or somewhere in between? And you know what? I don't think it's going to be on TV. So it's probably a good thing that I will have been there to describe it for people. Um, I will not be there on anyone else's behalf other than golf.com. And uh, we'll just report what I see exactly as I see it, which will be a lot of fun. The Guardian has is, is done some interesting reporting this week about the DP World Tour. Uh, that's the artist formerly known as the European Tour. And them potentially taking action against the pros that are expected to sign up for the live golf London event. So I mean, that's definitely going to be a storyline you're going to be following there. Uh, They listed out a bunch of expected names, Lee Westwood, Ian Poulter, Sergio Garcia, Richard Bland, Graham McDowell, Louis Oosties and Brandon Grace. I mean, some good, some good, yeah. European tour players. You know what I'm interested in and why I think someone needs to go there and cover this thing? It's, it's because to see how Richard Bland went from zero to live golf star in uh, about 18 yeah. months. Eight months, I guess. But remember when we were at the Genesis Invitational and a lot of PGA Tour like elite players said, I'm done with that other rival golf tour. I'm, I'm pledging my fealty, as Ram said, to the PGA mm-hmm. Tour. There were also a number of people at that event that just didn't say anything, didn't want to say anything. Kind of yeah. just stayed quiet. Ah, no comment. I don't really want to talk about that. Ah, I've got people that handle those things for me. Those people are going to be at this tournament. And for the first time, they're going to have to talk on the record about this thing, right? They're not going to avoid talking about a rival golf tour, then go and play in its first event and not talk about it. So we will get the official reasoning on the record from Lee Westwood, Ian Poulter, Louis Oosthuizen, presumably, potentially Phil Mickelson. We will get people to explain themselves once and for all. Yeah. What What are you doing here? Yeah. And, and I think we clear, know the we answer. <laughs> but other than, I guess, Louis and Phil, we, don't, we have not independently confirmed that those names will be there, but there's... There's just some there's some yes. significant reporting suggesting that they might apply. Yeah. I guess that could change based on what the DP World Tour does or says they're going to do. And if none of them are there, 
that's important too, <laughs> right? Yeah. Whoever shows up on the first tee there will be important for at least one event of this Leave, Live Golf series. The second event in Portland will also be important because it'll be the first one it's in the It's going to be massive, <laughs> yes. And that means I, there's definitely a situation where, uh, where Jay Monahan grants PGA Tour players the right to go play that first London event. But per the, the bylaws or the handbook or whatever it is, tour pros don't get approved for waivers when there are other events in North America. And mm-hmm. so that Portland event could be the first week that they have to, you know, cross that line mm-hmm. in the sand. Like, I don't want to give off the the vibe that we are looking forward to the PGA Tour having to fight for its life against rival golf tours that are backed by Saudi Arabia. Like, I, I, I think we've covered that in the past here, but just in case that's not clear, like, we are... I think strictly looking for looking to this thing as, Hey, the movers and shakers of the pro golf world are doing things and it's our job to cover them, uh, in an honest and unbiased way. We're going to try to do that for you. Um, but anything more yeah, than I think that this is, is a case where just, we're following the, we're following the news rather than, you know, rather than trying to make it put it that way. Yeah. And so for like, I, I think some people, will take a, a complete distaste in anything that's going on and, and want to avoid it. Um, yes. But it's literally your job and literally my job to understand how important these things are and tell people if they're important or not at all. And it's your job at home to decide whether you want to watch or consume anything about that league or not. Yeah. So that's a good way to, to call it quits on today's episode. I think fantastic post round interview from Lydia Co today. Uh, worth a chuckle if people are looking to tune in all right sean anything that you're excited about this week yeah i think when you don't expect something is when we get news and updates on stuff like i think there's going to be some news from phil coming soon that's what i'm excited for every day that we get closer to the pga that crystallizes a little bit better how about you Rory McIlroy defending at the uh, the Wells Fargo Championship, not at Quail Hollow this year, but at, uh, what is it, TPC Avenel Farm. So Quail Hollow we'll see, though, in September. But this week, we got to see Rory with some expectations on him. And uh, we'll see how he does. And then, Sean, we're going to break it down right here on the Drop Zone. We'll see you next week. 